Hello and welcome to Lit Service, where we are fans of fiction and purveyors of dodgy writing advice. My name is Caitlin, and if I were to have a midlife crisis, is this meaning like what you would do if you had a midlife crisis? Like what's the Ferrari you would buy? What what causes, oh, what your, causes midlife your midlife crisis? Oh, what is your midlife crisis? Um, I thought it was how we respond to our midlife yeah. crisis. Ooh. Either or. I feel like I am old enough to have a midlife crisis, which is realizing that I've spent the last, you know, almost 20 years of my life just making peanut butter sandwiches for other people. I think my response. You don't have a 20 year old. No, I don't. You're right. <laughs> Alan has Who's started just sandwiches for? casually saying that we've been married for 20 years, which isn't true. We've only been married for about 14, <laughs> but he always rounds up. Anyway, so the last 14 years of my life have been making people peanut butter sandwiches, and none of them even like peanut butter, and there have been complaints. I think my response would be to run away <laughs> to another country and not come back. That's a good midlife crisis. Sounds really nice. I had a midlife crisis by reading this question and asking myself am i in the middle of my life i hope and i hope not i responded to my quarter life crisis by running half marathons this is a good response i don't know what i would that do if good. this was actually the middle of my life but hopefully something a little bit more dramatic i vote for ferrari run iron man's <laughs> what did you say Caitlin? i vote for a ferrari oh yeah with what money i'm gonna have to heist that debilitating ferrari. debt that's part of the midlife crisis <laughs> Okay, noted. Okay, I think my midlife crisis is that I've never learned how to draw. And there are people out there who can just sit down and draw with a sketchbook. And I've never done that. And what if I die before I learn how to do that? And heck, I'd better get going. You got to get started on that That's right. right away. You should probably start drawing right now. Why are you even <laughs> here, Aaliyah? You should be drawing. Yeah, stop recording with us. <laughs> get to work. Chop, chop. At least you chop, don't chop, chop. have to have a midlife crisis about not having had a really cool podcast. That's true. So today, we are talking about what needs to be in the middle of our stories. Ferraris, trips to other countries, drawing. You know you have an awesome beginning. Maybe you can picture your epic conclusion, but how do you connect the dots? I know I keep beating on this drum, but I think everything in a story, whether it's your beginning, your end, or your middle, goes better when it's character-driven. And by that, we can't just pick any character, right? Flat characters may work for short stories, you know, shorter form stories. But if we want to do a real full-length novel or a series, something longer, there has to be direction for the character. And that doesn't mean that the character has to go a straight line up. You can have an anti-hero and the character can go a straight line down. All we want to see as readers is motion here. So ups and downs and finishing the story in some ways, a different character than they started. At least for me personally, when I read, that's the journey I'm hooked on. This is a sort of a tough question, I think, to address just because every book is sort of doing something different with their middles. But I specifically was thinking about villains, and I don't necessarily know this is the right place for it, but in terms of books, conflict is pretty essential to the middle because you're building up to your inevitable conclusion. And I came across a YouTube video recently, which I have to confess I didn't watch. So if it's saying something differently than what I'm taking from it, I apologize. Go watch it yourself and find out. But the thumbnail itself was actually enough to give me an epiphany. <laughs> it's called uh, Great Villains Are Tests, and it's by the YouTuber Schnee, which is a great name. But basically, it, from what I am putting together of what I think I would say with that title and the thumbnail, he's using The Last of Us as an example. And 
And so in The Last of Us, Ellie is one of the main characters and she says pretty upfront that what she is most scared of is being alone and that that is the worst thing she can imagine. And as the story progresses, she reaches a point where she faces a big challenge in the form of this disgusting, horrible, gross cannibal preacher man named David. And due to unforeseen circumstances, Ellie has to face him alone. And this has always been my favorite part of this story. And I think it's because the middle is building up. So we, as the readers or the players, if you're playing the game, know that our two main characters, Joel and Ellie, work best as a team. Uh, We know that Ellie's terrified of being on her own, and we're not sure what she'll do if she has to protect her father figure instead of the other way around. And so this this middle is sort of setting up contrast for us so that when we reach the end we know what the character feels what they fear and then in the climax of the story they have to face those things and so just thinking about this in terms of like a general writing piece of advice if you're feeling like the middle of your book is dragging maybe consider keeping your end result in mind because All you really have to do in your middle then is set up what you want them to face later on. And I think it's worth pointing out that not all books have to do that. Obviously, there are quieter books or books that have different purpose. But I do think that for sort of more action-oriented or character-driven stories, this is a really great technique. I had that same thought, especially with the example of, of Ellie and having to face something alone. That just made me think of the hero's journey where at some point the mentor gets taken away. And suddenly the character is facing, you know, Mordor or like wherever. I guess it's not Mordor. He's facing the elves and Galadriel all by himself. Poor Frodo. Because that's what happens after Gandalf dies the first time, right? Spoilers. Spoilers. Because it's <laughs> not, you know, decades old. Yeah. And no spoilers for the show that just came out a couple months ago. But spoilers <laughs> for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that's right. I feel like if you look at... The end, just like everybody's been saying so far, even though I don't know that I write very quick books, I don't ever struggle to get to the like to get through the the middle because I feel like there's a bullet point list of things that need to happen before my character is either suitably traumatized or prepared or whatever else in order to face the climax. So like I have all these I mean, you have to set up the ending, just like Kristen was saying, by showing exactly what it is your character fears the most, what they're going to lose if they don't win. And you can't do that by just skipping to the end. You have to earn your ending. So you have to spend the time setting up all of those terrible things that your character can't handle and then make them face them. And then through the middle, you have to show the things that they've progressed and that allow them to overcome it. So you've got two things that you're setting up. I do feel like, just like everybody said, the middle should lead to the end. It, it shouldn't be like a side quest. It shouldn't be something separate. People always talk about saggy middles, but I just feel like that's writers trying to figure out how best to set up their ending and then they can delete all the stuff that they don't need. Yeah, that's a great point. It's totally fine to write around and do even more zero drafting and even more brainstorming at this point. Sometimes that helps bring in the texture. Um, if you just try new things, I'm a huge fan of try-fail cycles in the middle. It's okay for the hero to fail in the middle, especially if they're going to succeed at the end. It's okay for this hero to succeed in the middle, especially if they're going to fail at the end. There are different things you can add into the mix, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be perfect the first time. Wait, Aaliyah, do you want to expand a little bit on what a try-fail cycle is? Hmm. Yeah, so a try-fail cycle is basically a chunk of the story where the hero has an objective and they come up with a plan to accomplish the objective and they try it and the plan fails right 
So then they have to muster up their courage or figure out something else and try again. And the nice thing about these is you can nest them. You can use them alone. You can spread them out through the story. A nested try-fail cycle would be a series of maybe three tries and three fails back to back to back. And so then when the hero tries again with something unexpected or unlooked for or with new knowledge and perspective and succeeds, it can be very exciting. Along with that, it could be I'm lifting this like right out of writing excuses. So if you haven't listened to Mary Robinette Kowal talk about yes, but and no and sequences, Kristen's nodding. Yes. That was where I was going, except I, I was going to say that it's yes and no but, but I think I'm wrong and you're it's right. It's yes but, so you've accomplished yeah, something. Yeah, something good that happens. Mm-hmm. But it has either made the situation worse or you suddenly realize that the situation isn't what you expected at all and the thing that you've just accomplished doesn't help enough or it's – anyway. And then there's a no and, which is a different kind of situation. You're setting up a try-fail cycle where you do not succeed and then you add in more on top of it. If you would like to explain that I think, better, you're welcome to. <laughs> no, no, I think that's right. Because I, I was going, I think my brain went to yes and because I was thinking of like the number one rule of improv or comedy, right? Which is just to like build on whatever comes before you. But that's very different than making things worse for your characters. Sometimes it's not different, but I feel like mostly it should, it should be. There can be yes and moments. Everybody needs a moment of happiness, right? <laughs> well, I, I think in, in terms of like comedy, yes and is usually like, yeah, I'm agreeing with you and I'm going to make things weirder, which I think also that, that fits. That fits in with what we're talking about. Making things weirder is the name of the game. <laughs> so, Aaliyah, what is the point of our episode? I think the point is write the middle as you write everything else with the end in mind. We don't have to wait to see the big reveal, see the hero change in the climax. A good portion of that will come in the climax, but we are 100% here for the little mini changes that happen along the way. And there are tools we can have in our tool belt, like try-fail cycles and, and, but, nor, (laughs) oh, I messed it up. Yes, but. Yes, and. No, and. Nor, and, so there's no nor. Anyway, listen to the episode again hear the right way and that can be a tool that can be in our tool belt as well if you enjoyed today's show remember to follow and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform and tell your friends we'd love to hear from you you can reach us at litservicepodcast at gmail.com or learn more on our site at litservicepodcast.wixsite.com slash litnation you can also find special stenciled editions of books from our guests on our store there thanks for listening we'll see you in two weeks <laughs>